Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still, I'm going to say that again, we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time for Friday. And a quick recap of yesterday's broadcast starts now. We had Brian Rust on with us, RustQuinnagift.com doing a phenomenal job. You want a friend in the coin business, RustQuinnagift.com fills that bill for me. Hope it does for you as well. We talked about his honest money report uh, where gold and silver is. We talked about the COVID-19 experimental vaccination. Yeah, for 28 million elementary school children, ages 5 to 11, it all cranks up now. Experimental experimental vaccines given to literally 28 million children. Wow. Pfizer, believe it or not, expects to make up to 36 billion with a B billion dollars this year alone from its experimental COVID-19 vaccination. I say it's not even a real honest goodness vaccine, but they're going to make up to $36 billion this year alone on their experiment, the highest selling drug in the world. We're going to inoculate the children, 28 million of them. We're going to get $36 billion. And we're all going to do this on an experimental basis, not to mention Joe forcing this experiment on the entire nation. Shame on them. We talked about deer in Iowa, believe it or not. They say now are appearing to catch COVID-19 from humans. And they say later the virus will mutate in deer and then go back to humans. They're creating a whacked out sci-fi playing God scenario. The COVID uh, disease itself is an engineered brought to gain of function research bioweapon by Fauci and crew in the communist nation of China. And now they've got the bioweapon vaccine. You can't win for losing. You will be bioweaponed to the best of their ability by force, by hook or by crook. Make no mistake about that. We talked about even Dr. Ben Carson sounding off on COVID vaccine for children. Yeah, show host Maria, whatever her name is. How do you say it? Maria Bartirono. Asked whether he thinks young children should receive the COVID-19 vaccination. Dr. Ben Carson said emphatically, absolutely not. Yeah, this Saturday, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, November 6th, tomorrow, there will be a, quote, physician's roundtable on the harm to children that will be caused by max vaccination. Several America's frontline doctors will be participating in the roundtable, ladies and gentlemen. 
These experts have spent 2020 and 2021 really working on this, bringing information to be brought to the public on how dangerous this is and a whole lot more. We rounded out the hour by talking about this 98-year-old gentleman. His name is David Saunders. He's died of COVID. But anyway, then the scientific community bought his body for research and decided they were going to dissect him in Portland, Oregon, in a pay-per-view scenario. You could pay up to $500 to watch the freak show. The family did not consent. Now they're all freaking out. It just shows how immoral and morbid our society has sadly become, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour, we had an interview with Eric Finman, founder of the Freedom Phone. And he's a, when he was 18 years old, he became the youngest Bitcoin millionaire. I told him on the radio, and I still tell you, I would not dip my toe in the crypto. You can find exceptions that win in Vegas, too. But for the most part, it's a losing proposition. Same with the crypto coins, in my humble opinion. They're fiat currency just as much as the Federal Reserve note. We also talked about Google has now officially and completely demonetized pioneering Christian news site, WND.com. Article by David Capillion doing a great job. That's a sad tale. I believe uh, WND is one of the best news sites on the Internet. I'm not saying there's not others, but that's one of the better ones. And we also talked about the Great American Rebellion. Tyrannical COVID mandates meet with massive defiance. It's an article written by WND to make the point. We also talked about Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene has now racked up $48,000 in fines for not wearing a mask on the House floor. Looks like Greene and Pelosi are in a battle, huh? Will she be forced to pay? They say it's coming out of her salary. We also talked about who is Glenn Youngkin. He's the Republican elected to be Virginia's next governor. USA Today says his worth is around $440 million. Uh, half a billion dollars. The guy's certainly not broke. Wealthy as all get out. Works for some of the tied into the globalist corporations for sure. I mentioned that he ran even on a moderate ticket, distancing himself from Trump. I don't believe you'll see a lot of sea change there. A lot of Republicans and conservatives are believing, hey, it doesn't matter who you elect. As long as they're not a Democrat, you're in good shape. I beg to differ. It is all about the deep state. Is Yunkin part of the deep state? Well, evidence points to that he probably is. But you know what? Let's be careful. Let's give him a chance. Let's see how much good uh, he can do. Even some deep staters are coming to their senses uh, when it gets this tyrannical. Time will tell. We'll keep an eye on the ball, and we'll reveal to you as it unfolds what's really going on here. And we will call a spade a spade. But we don't jump the gun like some others. Just because he has deep state ties, that doesn't mean he can't do some good. Let's give credit based on principle for the good that's done. Let's be very candid about the problems when they arise as well. Let's, let's base it on principle, not people. Let's give people the benefit of the doubt and hope for the best, pray for the best. Oftentimes when people get elected, God can, God can change them and make a difference. And we want to always leave room for that to happen. So time will tell. We'll keep an eye on that ball just for you. We also talked about a longtime finance executive. Who are we talking about? Glenn Youngkin, a longtime finance executive turned politician. Yeah, he was pretty much unknown in politics. Yeah, no one knew, knows much about this guy. That's why I say you got to give him a chance to, you know, be tried and true, see what he'll do. Air Force Inspector General says the U.S. strike that killed seven children and three adults in Afghanistan was an honest mistake. Well, if that's true, then why the cover-up is what I would ask. Why not be honest with the people? 
I know government really struggles with honesty. Honesty is the issue. That's what we ought to be yelling instead of uh, let's go, Brandon. We ought to be saying things like honesty is the issue, right? Authorities, believe it or not, cleared the wife of Texas gubernatorial candidate Alan West. They said she was, uh, you know, had a DUI and drink, it turned out to be a big old lie. And I say it's campaign manipulations what's going on. That's going to be very hard for that candidate to live down. When they mention it first time, it goes viral. When they do the retraction, maybe a tenth of the people <laughs> get their retraction. What a sad tale to tell that is. All right, that's the end of the news. The network refused to use yesterday. Still available at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, download, listen, share with your friends. Would be grateful if you would. Donate liberally as well. Every penny will be used to grow our presence in the media. All right, News the Network's Reviews to You starts now, and Chris Carlson's with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. Roger that. Welcome to the broadcast, my friend. And man, have we got a cool topic to discuss, in my opinion, today. There are topics that are really important to discuss uh, to help you connect the dots and understand the deep state and all those kind of things. Those are really great shows, ladies and gentlemen, and necessary shows. Calling out the news that Edward refuse to use and putting a God family country, life, liberty, property, protection thereof, spin. Always wise, always good, always great radio. Incredible guests on you know unique topics, really good radio. But this, to me, ladies and gentlemen, is great radio. So we had on a lady by the name of Olivia Don. And when Olivia Don was on the radio with me at the Week in Act conference, she talked about how she went to the Capitol on January the 6th, her and her mother, Tina Horlocker. And they went, and they had a great time, and it was a party atmosphere. It was wonderful. But, man, then they got a warning voice in their head that just said, man, these people, whatever they're doing isn't, isn't right. It, it isn't jiving with what we're doing. It, 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 man, what's going on? And they were alarmed. And so she then said what came to her mind was that is not the voice you want to listen to. And boy, howdy, would we agree with that? That's not the voice you want to listen to. And so she explains how she could tell when people were of a pure countenance, of a sound mind, of, with a moral compass leading uh, an effort to truly restore the republic and, and care for and defend and stand for America. But she could also tell when certain people were speaking or getting up or advocating or agitating the crowd that, you know what, they had a different agenda. And she could feel it. And the way she described the feelings that she had was simple when she explained her personal experience of January the 6th. That is not the voice you want to listen to. Came into her heart and into her mind. Well, anyway, then Chris listened to that interview, thought she had a valuable point, and boy, howdy, would I agree. And Chris remembered that Joel Skousen wrote a 19-page dissertation on a very similar, well, I should say the same topic, but broadened discussion points and explanations and details with examples. Chris Carlson and I will dig in in seconds right here on the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. 
We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson on your radio. Olivia Dawn on a previous interview said that is not the voice you want to listen to. Boy, howdy, is that an incredible statement. And um, Chris is so good at tying together things that he's seen in the past and read. I forgot all about Joel Skousen's dissertation on this. But Chris brought it up and said, hey, these are you know like-minded topics. Amen. Joel Skousen wrote a 19-page dissertation on the still small voice of conscience i'll put it in the show notes but you can get it at joelskousen.com uh, chris incredible memory to tie these two together they're spot on and on the same uh, point where we need to help people kind of understand and take a step back and listen and learn about the still small voice about what it can do for us in our lives chris yeah you know some people call it the sixth sense sam or um, the voice of conscience or the Spirit of God, you know, and it doesn't matter what label you attach to it. All good people have been given this internal guidance system. And it will guide them and it will help them to avoid making costly mistakes, just like in the case of Olivia Don Horlocker and her mother. Um, and But we do need to make sure that we are very sensitive to that voice. And, and in his article, as you mentioned, uh, he teaches us uh, some, some tips on how we can uh, cultivate uh, that sensitivity to that voice. So um, we need to fine-tune our sensitivity to that that uh, quiet guide, Sam. We can avoid many of the problems that others who chose to ignore those promptings, and I believe a lot of people on January 6th uh, pr probably received promptings not to go into the Capitol building that day, Sam, but they got caught up in the emotion, they got caught up in the excitement and the prospect of maybe being part of history, 
and they ignored that voice. And now some of those people are, are in solitary confinement for 23 hours out of 24 hours of, of the day. And they're probably wondering, you know, how they're, they're probably kicking themselves saying, boy, I wish I'd, I had heeded that voice. So Joel Skousen, he, he teaches us in this 19 page paper, how do we can fine tune that sensitivity? And he has, um, well, I'll just give you the uh, introductory um, information here. He says, by following that little voice in our mind, everything in life goes better. It warns us not to say things we shouldn't, not to buy things we can't really afford, and not to do things that will get us into trouble. It helps us to avoid accidents, illnesses, investment mistakes, and bad judgment. And I went ahead and, and added that, added to that, Sam, all human beings have both a spiritual and carnal nature. Our spiritual natures encourage us to say and do things that promote our well-being both now and in uh, the eternities and avoid unnecessary mistakes. Not only does our carnal nature drive us to do things that give us only temporary and superficial gratification, but it can be imminently dangerous to our temporal and spiritual well-being as well. That is why it is important to learn to recognize the subtle promptings of conscience. So... My, and then Joel Skousen, that was my commentary there. Joel Skousen goes on and says that my purpose in writing uh, this dissertation is to help resensitize your mind to the voice of conscience. And in the process, encourage you to learn to love its promptings and to heed its counsels. And I think if you cultivate your sensitivity to conscience, that you can have that as a, a constant companion to continually nudge you, you know, on a regular, not only a day-to-day -day basis, but I would say uh, a minute-to-minute -minute basis in helping you to avoid potential pitfalls in life, okay? Uh, he goes on to say, but the ultimate spiritual consequence of hiding from, from reality are not very pretty. It is, it, it, in its worst form, it leads to haughtiness, verbal abuse of others, and bad judgment. Or in its most chronic form, Sam, he says that it can lead to mental illness or suicide, which is a very extreme uh, consequence of us ignoring those promptings in our lives. So he goes into a list of different types of promptings that we receive. Um, and there are four of them. Do you want me to go through those? Yeah, before we get into that you? list, though, really quick, the point that he's making, ladies and gentlemen, is this. You have a carnal nature and a spiritual nature. And the more you uh, tend to pay attention to listen and obey the spiritual nature, the still small promptings every one of us gets, the more fine-tuned it will become in your life. The more you will recognize it, the more you will be able to um, uh, listen, understand, uh, and carry out the guidance, whether it be no, don't do this, or yes, do this, or whatever the case the more you listen to that, the greater refined it will become in your life and the more of a part of your life it will become. If you squelch it, if you shut it down, if you ignore it, if you uh, turn your back on it, if you intentionally dismiss it, it will eventually go away to where you can't recognize it anymore. And many people do this at a young age, he, he highlights. Uh, many people do this throughout their lives, and that's the wrong thing to do. And so these examples that, uh, that Chris is going to highlight here articulate this reality. Chris? Yeah, so he, he talks, number one, he talks about ideas that interrupt your train of thought. So, you know, we may be going about our daily life-to-life -life, uh, activities, and then something comes into our mind that seems completely and totally unrelated to what we were thinking about at the time. You know, and, and these could be reminders uh, 
to do things that we would not otherwise think to do. And, um, you know, we should probably act on those. It may, it may be as serious, Sam, as, you know, as you're driving out of your, or drive, backing out of your driveway, you know, to stop and look behind you. There may be a, a, a child or something back there that, that you didn't see when you opened the garage door. Now, that's obviously an extreme example. It may just be that you, you've forgotten something that you'll later need at work, you know, something as simple as that. But a lot of, a lot of times we'll say, well, no, I'm not forgetting anything. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's nothing behind me. And then we'll go about our daily lives, not knowing what may, maybe we missed or, or finding out the hard way that, you know, we probably should have heeded that warning. But I've, I've, I've made that mistake so many times, Sam, in my life that whenever one of those thoughts, those random, seemingly random thoughts comes into my mind that has seemingly nothing to do with what I was thinking at the time, I will just automatically just say, I'm going to stop. I'm going to, you know, act on the prompting. And nine times out of ten, there's usually something there that, um, that I, I had forgotten or that, I, you know, I didn't see. So I just automatically The point is, ladies that. and gentlemen, don't dismiss them. Give them credence. Ponder them. And if action is required, take it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. And, and a lot of these have a lot of overlap. Like the, the next one that he uh, lists, Sam, is reminders. And I'll just read what he says about it. He says, I found that if I disregard a reminder, I usually don't get reminded again and only remember on my own that I was reminded once it is too late. I've also found... Um, that it, uh, I've, I've also found it very valuable to assume reminders are from a divine source and give thanks and credit accordingly. And I always do that nowadays. When, when one of those thoughts come into my mind and I realize, oh boy, I almost forgot something that I'm going to need at work and then if I <laughs> hadn't been prompted to, to go get it, um, you know, I would have you know, had to come home or you know, I would have been uh, handicapped at work. But you always need to give thanks where thanks is due. And that, of course, is the, the source of those promptings, which is our Heavenly Father. But uh, that, I submit important. to you that thank you and that acknowledgement of where the uh, origins uh, of those reminders come from is really critical in terms of being able to hone that skill and be able to pay attention and recognize uh, when those reminders come into your mind. If you if you don't dismiss them, uh, but you uh, receive them and you act or do something upon them and then you thank God Almighty, the source of those reminders, then it becomes stronger in your life. The very act of gratitude increases that connection, ladies and gentlemen. Really important to understand, Chris. Yeah, and then nothing doth man offend God. I'm reading scripture now, Sam. And nothing doth man offend God, or against none is his wrath kindled, save those who confess not his hand in all things. You know, and God is a jealous God. He loves it when we acknowledge him. He's offended when we don't acknowledge him the blessings that he gives us and there's more than just you know you know a day uh, momentary reminder of, of you know things we may have forgotten I mean everything we have is, is from him he's the source of all goodness and all of the the prosperity and uh, blessings that we receive so we should always uh, acknowledge his hand in those things so that's one and then he the third one he mentions is promptings now these are different than just reminders in that um, promptings are usually things that we are resistant to doing. Now, what I mean by that, Sam, is, uh, you know, maybe we have a habit of overeating. I know I do. And, uh, you know, Heavenly Father, in his love and concern for us, will give us little promptings as we're, you know, eating dinner. 
that, you know, maybe we've had enough. And he uses that a lot, I noticed. You know, Joel Skousen is, you know, in spite of the fact that, you know, he's an elderly individual, he's, he's in very, very good shape. But, uh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Hang tight. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson. We're going to continue on this very important theme, ladies and gentlemen. This is critical stuff for you to learn to listen to that still small voice, which will guide, protect, and direct you if you're willing. Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. New unemployment numbers from the Labor Department were just released. The number of Americans seeking first-time jobless benefits dropped again last week. Initial filings for unemployment benefits seen as a proxy for layoffs fell to 269,000. That's down 14,000 from the prior week's level. The Occupational Safety and Hazard Administration, or OSHA, is giving employers with more than 100 employees a January 4th deadline to comply with President Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate and threatening thousands of dollars in fines for defiant businesses. Considering an airborne virus outside of a hospital environment a work hazard is a first for the agency. Separate from OSHA, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services are issuing a rule to require health workers in facilities that participate in Medicare and Medicaid be fully vaccinated. The CMS rule also goes into effect January 4th. This is USA Radio News. With confusion around vaccinations, masks, and public screenings, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign, so make sure to use an accurate thermometer for your family. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and cannot be relied on. Be vigilant and be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at Exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. From city streets to back roads. From road warrior to carpooler. There are some things you can always count on. Like the reliability, durability, and power of Die Hard. America's most trusted auto battery. No matter where your journey takes you, count on Die Hard to get you started on the road ahead. Available at your local Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest stores. Although a recount has been requested... It looks as if the governor's mansion in New Jersey will not have a new occupant. Thank you, New Jersey! No, that's not Bruce Springsteen, but it is the newly re-elected New Jersey governor, Democrat Phil Murphy, celebrating last night after Tuesday's election results finally came into focus. It appears he has won with a lead of under 20,000 votes over the Republican challenger, Jack Cittarelli, a New Jersey assembly member. Governor Murphy celebrating... The first Democratic governor re-elected in the great state of In the New England Bureau of USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. The company Smartmatic filed separate defamation lawsuits against Newsmax and One America News Network Wednesday, accusing the networks of knowingly peddling disinformation about its voting technology during the 2020 presidential election. They say a disinformation campaign harms Smartmatic's business model. USA Radio News.
with news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Learning to discern, ladies and gentlemen, is the topic of the broadcast today. Olivia Dawn, quote, that is not the voice you want to listen to. Amen to her point as provocateurs corrupted the January 6th event and betrayed the people. Uh, a false flag for sure, ladies and gentlemen. But then Joel Skousen wrote a 19-page dissertation on the topic, The Still Small Voice of Conscience. We're talking about that in detail, ladies and gentlemen. We have a sixth sense that we have been gifted by God to help us through this life, to warn us, to protect us, to guide us, to inspire us. The list goes on uh, and on. Uh, And ladies and gentlemen, we get reminders. We get interruptions in our thoughts. And both of these can come from God, and we better heed them. But you can pay attention to the interruption that you get or the, quote, little reminder that comes, and you can quickly discern if it's good or bad. Satan tries to do this to interrupt and remind you in the bad way, but it's easy to quickly say, is this a good or an evil source? If it's evil, dismiss it. If it's good, embrace it and obey. And the more we learn to do this, the more fine-tuned we will become at listening to that still, small voice. Chris? It's important, Sam, and this is something that, that, you know, that takes in the big picture. We need to turn our lives and our wills over to God. And the more we do that, the stronger these promptings will become in our lives and the, and the more guidance that we will re- we'll receive on a day-to-day basis. And that's important. If we're not living a godly life, we're not b- going to be getting these promptings, at least not as strongly as we could, if we were to turn our wills over to that of God. Um, you know, he can, he can run our lives a lot better than we can. But anyway, so I just wanted to reemphasize the difference between promptings and reminders. So reminders could be just random things that we may have forgotten. We forgot our car keys. We forgot this or, or whatever. Promptings are different in that uh, promptings are usually uh, things that Heavenly Father reminds us of that uh, we should be doing, but we are resistant to doing because they are difficult. You know, maybe it has something to do with our health. We don't exercise enough. Uh, we're not nice to, to people when we should be. We're impatient, you know, while we're driving. So that's the difference between reminders and promptings. And uh, Joel Skousen says, when we tell these promptings to go away, we are unwittingly telling the Lord to get lost. And he does distance himself if we resist him uh, on a regular basis. And the more we resist him, Sam, uh, the the weaker those promptings will be in the future. And we need to be very mindful of that. That's why we have to cultivate that habit of just automatically. And there have been times, and I'll be honest, Sam, there have been times when I've been prompted to do something um, and there was nothing there. You know, I, I really hadn't forgotten something. And it's like, okay, well, what was that all about? Well, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the Lord was just uh, giving me a, an opportunity to condition myself to um, responding positively to those promptings. But anyway, but when we do receive a genuine prompting and we do resist it, the Lord will will say, "Okay, next time I remind you, the prompting won't be as strong." So we need to we need to be aware of that. And uh, a lot of times, uh, Joel Skousen goes into detail about how depression and, and other uh, like suicidal thoughts, you know, and and things that that really put us in a bad place in this life can be avoided if we just respond positively to those promptings okay and uh, let's see 
nervous feelings. He talks about nervous Right, so this is the third one so everybody understands. Nervous feelings, right? This is number four, nervous feelings. All right, and then number three was? The Number three is prompting. Honestly, number one and two, Sam, I'm not exactly sure how they different, how they're different. Ideas that interrupt your train of thought is number one, and reminders are number two. I guess there's a, a little difference between the two. But, uh, and then promptings is number three. And then nervous feelings. And then Joel Skousen says about nervous feelings, whenever we receive any temptation or create a thought of our own volition that is incorrect or less than correct, we will always receive a negative feeling. When people make a habit of ignoring nervous feelings, they become callous to them and they run the risk that these critical signals will become almost imperceptible to them. And I think those nervous feelings um, could have come in really in handy on January 6th with a lot of those good uh, probably Christian uh, followers of Trump who decided to follow those agents provocateur into the Capitol. They probably had an initial nervous feeling that eh, this doesn't sound like a very good idea, but they got caught up in the emotion and the prospect of being part of history, and they did it anyway. And I know as a kid, I used to always get nervous feelings just before I did something stupid, <laughs> and you, maybe you did the same, Sam. And I got myself into a lot of trouble. And uh, he goes on to say, many people, do you want, did you want to comment on that before I went on? Well, I, I think you just should continue. I'll comment here in a second. But I, I, okay. I will say this. These four are distinct, and I'll explain the reasons a little bit more. You're not sure uh, about one and two, but I'll talk about that a little bit more. But let's get through these um, and really focus on Joel's points first. Okay. Nervous feeling. This is, this is a, an excerpt from the dissertation that I really think uh, is important to our audience, Sam. Joel says, many people seem to feel divine promptings or warnings, even in the absence of religious training. And others who receive a lot of formal religious training don't necessarily feel comfortable with it and do not internalize the still small voice of conscience. In other words, I'll just kind of put it in my own words what he's saying here, Sam. A lot of times, the people that don't come across as being very religious they can be just as sensitive, if not more sensitive, than people that go to church on a regular basis and are outwardly religious. And I think that's important. Yeah, he's also saying, I reject the notion that you have to have some kind of education in the ministry or some kind of a degree or some kind of... Look, this is for everyone to develop between them and God Almighty. And just because somebody does not have, quote, religious or theological training, that doesn't mean anything in terms of your ability to interpret the guidance God can give you. Yeah, and he goes on, yeah. So he says there's also the factor that all religious teachings may not be equally correct or divine, which may act as a stumbling block for some very good people who don't feel comfortable in organized religion. And, um, you know, to be honest, I, I can uh, relate to that very much. I know people that are very religious, Sam, but they may not... <laughs> You know, sometimes religion can be a stumbling block. Sometimes, you know, like he said, the re religions are not, they're not all equal. They don't always, you know, make people as, as good as they potentially could. I'm, I'm trying to be nice here, you know. I'm Understood. One of the things that Joel Skousen talks about when he speaks of nervous feelings, ladies and gentlemen, he says you need to learn to separate when you truly have nervous feelings, and that would be a warning from God, versus feeling nervous 
and, and I don't mean to play games with words, but follow me for a second. If I have nervous feelings about doing something and it's truly in my heart, I have a nervous feeling, a concern about this, it's a warning. On the other hand, if I do something that's out of my comfort zone, if I'm um, maybe not a good speaker and I'm asked to get up and speak on something or pray in front of people or whatever, and I'm not covering with that, I might be feeling nervous. But I don't have nervous feelings. Okay, I'm not being warned. I'm just uncomfortable out of my comfort zone. Learn to distinguish between those two. And you can do that easily by thinking about the comfort zone that I mentioned. By saying, look, is this just something I'm uncomfortable with? So I'm kind of feeling weird about this. I'm just, man, I, you know, I'm feeling nervous. Or I've got nervous feelings. What's the difference? And, and understanding when it's just out of your comfort zone, but you set that aside and say, if I was a great speaker, would I have a problem being up there? Of course not. Well, then you don't have what Joel's bringing up, right? You don't have what he's talking about if you're like, oh, if I was a great speaker, it'd be fine. You don't have nervous feelings. You're just feeling nervous, right? Okay, so you can separate those by understanding the origins. Is this a thought that came into my mind for a legitimate reason, or is this just my nature to not be comfortable? I'll give you an example. I don't dance. I never dance. I'm a blind person. I don't I don't know how to move. I, I just don't dance. Okay, so if somebody asked me to get out there and dance, it wouldn't be the Lord prompting me in any way to tell me not to dance. It would be me just saying, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not doing this. I'm out. On the other hand, I went to the Mahir Wildlife Refuge, and I was on my way out there after a peaceful, incredible rally. Uh, Ammon Bundy and others were inviting me out there, and I had, let me just be very clear with this. I had all that Joel Skousen talked about, okay? I had an interrupt train of thought. All of a sudden, my interruption said, Sam, you should not be here. I'm thinking, what? Why? This is great. I had a reminder. This isn't what you came for. I had a prompting that said, turn around and leave. And I had nervous feelings to the point where I could not get rid of them until we turned around and left. And believe it or not, when uh, Chris Carlson says some of these overlap, that's what he's talking about. You may get more than one of these. Or you may get a blend where you're like, mm, I don't know if I'm just feeling nervous or if I've got a prompting here. Um, but these are guidelines. And it, uh, the, the way the still small voice talks to each person is slightly different. Sometimes it's words in your mind. Sometimes it's just a feeling. Learning how to interpret these is everyone's quest as we learn to be true followers and disciples of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. 
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Chris Carlson and Sam Bushman on your radio. We're talking about this incredible 19-page dissertation by Joel Skousen at joelskousen.com about learning to listen to the still, small voice that can guide each one of us, the still, small voice of conscience. Interrupt train of thought, reminders, promptings, and nervous feelings can be a great guide as we learn to develop our sixth sense that God has given us to help us through the um, vicissitudes of life, okay? This is very serious stuff. And so I mentioned that the Malheur Wildlife Refuge, I was prompted to turn around and leave. I was given uh, guidance. I seriously had uh, uh, uncomfortable feelings, okay? I had nervous feelings like you wouldn't believe. I had a prompting to turn around and leave, and I had an interruption of my train of thought. I was all like, hey, let's go. Let's get there. Let's do this. Let's do and then all of a sudden, it's like you should not be here turn around and leave, and my nervous feelings would not go away until we did that. And then I felt an incredible peace, ladies and gentlemen. That's really important to understand. Uh, another example before we transition to a modern-day example, Chris? Yeah, and, um, you know, Joel talks a lot about rationalizations, and human beings are very good at rationalizations, and I think that's what distinguishes us from animals a lot of times, you know, to our detriment, <laughs> We talked about the analogy of the mama bear last uh, week, you know, how bears will protect their cubs, whereas human beings can be rationalized into doing things like giving their children shots. And we're about ready to give 28 million American children shots that could potentially uh, harm or kill them. But he talks about rationalizations, and he says the presence of rationalizations is always an indication that you don't feel calm about a situation. And I added to that, and we're kind of going into the political realm here, this particularly applies in choosing political leaders. You should always question yourself as to why you are voting for a candidate for public office. If you must rationalize that he or she isn't as bad as the other candidate, you may want to reconsider your priorities. I never give my sacred vote to a candidate unless he or she is a good, honest, and wise person. That way, I never have to rationalize his or her poor behavior later on. I never have to rationalize my choices for public office, well, <laughs> frankly, because none of the people I vote for, and this is kind of an interesting distinction, get into public office, Sam. So anyway, I just wanted to talk about rationalizations and how human beings are the only animals on the planet that can rationalize ourselves into making poor choices, which we almost always know we will regret in the future unfortunately 
God gives us guidance, folks. Learning to listen is important. Developing that sixth sense is critical about what voice you do not want to listen to and what voice you want to listen to. And I think Americans are really good at shouting down God's voice in their lives. And sadly, as we turn our back on God as a nation, you start to see it. Let me give you a little example that I know people are going to mock me on because most people disagree with me on this, sadly, in America. And this is really the problem that I that I point to. Shame on we the people. Let's go, Brandon. You say it isn't enough phrase, right? Not so much, I don't believe. Americans, believe it or not, in large numbers recognize and even approve of the recently appearing chant criticizing Joe Biden that goes, let's go, Brandon. It's really a euphemism for the very graphic F Joe Biden. And you say, Sam, that's no big deal. Well, I uh, said it is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen, because if you ignore that voice that tells you not to yell that stuff and you yell it anyway, you're going to desensitize yourself to where what's next, I would ask. All right. So Governor Ron DeSantis even approached this discussion. He says, when you look at the Biden, when you look at the Brandon administration, so now he creates a new phrase, the Brandon administration. Basically, the effed up administration is what it's referring to now, right? The energized crowd erupted and cheered for a long time for Ron before the Let's Go Brandon chant started. Here's Ron himself. If you look at that, if you look at what's going on with, with some of the big corporations with their woke agenda, when you look at the Biden, the Brandon administration. <laughs> Sanders continues and talks about how it started saying that the reporter lied and the people are starting to fight back. I agree. I think it's wrong that she lied, but I think it's wrong for the people to chant that. Now, let's go back to Joel Skousen's reality here. Rationalization. What you say is, Sam, they've been so bad to us. The ends justifies the means. You can't blame people for being ticked off. I agree. But we don't have to stoop to that low. So now you've got the Brandon administration. Really kind of an effed up administration is what it means. Just like, let's go Brandon's F Joe Biden, right? Okay, and you look at it. I understand what he's saying, and I get the frustration, but I'm telling you, what you do, though, is you rationalize. You say, well, Joe deserves it. He's a jerk. Joe deserves it. He's not the legitimate president anyway. Joe, but where do we go next with this mentality, ladies and gentlemen? There's a new chant that just came out as well that says this, Kamala is a whore. And you say, what? Well, she is, Sam. She slept her way to the top. There's evidence of that with Willie Brown in San Francisco and everything else. I get it, but are you really going to say the effed up administration, F the president of the United States, and the vice president's a whore? 
Is that where we're going, ladies and gentlemen? I really ask you, what is next with that view? Right? So here's the chant for Kamala. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. At first, it sounds like just one person or two people. That's because they're on a microphone. And uh, because the microphone's taking up the speaker, you can't hear the rest of the people. But towards the end, you can hear there's a crowd of people there saying this. And so my question to everyone is this. Didn't the Sadducees and Pharisees in the Bible call a woman a whore? And they were going to stone her to death? And Jesus Christ uh, basically protected her? And said, eventually, where are thine accusers? Go thy way and sin no more. Now, I'm not running around saying we should really protect Kamala Harris. Although I don't want any harm to come to her either, even if I disagree with her on virtually every point on the planet, right? But I don't want any harm to come to her. What I would say, though, is this. What's next? Do we stone someone? You heard me yesterday talk about how they literally dissected this man in an autopsy that had died from COVID 98 years old. And they literally did pay-per-view up to $500 per participant to watch this morbid freak show. And, you know, you see this. You see the violence that has taken place with, quote, you know, all these different groups, right? And you, you say, how far are we away from that kind of attitude? I don't know. I just know this. You, ladies and gentlemen, think about the justification that we all do. The idea that we're going to rationalize. The idea that, you know what, we get reminders and warnings and nervous feelings and promptings from the still small voice from God Almighty. And when we do, ladies and gentlemen, we must pay attention to that. And I'm telling you right now, the still small voice tells me, you don't run around saying, let's go, Brandon, or F. Joe Biden, or Kamala's a whore. You don't run around in big crowds and do that because what happens is they whip up a mob. And at first it's peaceful, but everybody's all fired up and excited. But if you're not very careful, all it takes is a provocateur to turn that into the next level, which is violence. And if anybody knows about violence, it would be the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who back in the 1800s were literally under an extermination order given by Governor Boggs of Missouri against all Mormons. Okay, I'm familiar with this a little bit from history, and I'm telling you right now, the next level isn't going to be pleasant. We're on the wrong road, America, and we need to turn to God Almighty and pay attention to him if we ever want stability, safety, and liberty. Chris? Yeah, and it's easy to identify things that we don't like. It's easy to be negative. And this is something that Spencer W. Kimball talked about in his um, article, The Gods That We Worship, that we've referenced in the past many times, Sam. But it's probably more noble and in line with God's uh, agenda to... Maybe we make a chant, like you said, about more honesty, about, about more wisdom, about more goodness in government, rather than just always going to the negative. And I, I think we as people should try to define ourselves based on what is good, what we want, rather than what we don't want. And I think that's more ennobling and probably more in line with what this Christian nation should be about. And it just... You know, by, by just always pointing out the negative and never 
you know, pointing out solutions and, you know, what we should be striving for, you know, we're going down the wrong path. And we need I to could, elevate our language, ladies and gentlemen. We need to set the standard. Honesty is the issue would be a great chance to have or integrity in the vote or let's or return to paper ballots might be a good phrase. And there's a lot of good positive phrases we can use. Uh, pro-life, protect the babies. There's so many great phrases. Um, strengthen or security at the border. I mean, there's so many terms that you could use that could make a big difference. Uh, agency with regards to vaccines. I mean, there's so many ways you could have chance that could really make a difference. That's what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. And I know people are going to rationalize and say, oh, Sam, they're just having fun and they're frustrated and, hey, let them boil over. The I'm telling you that it's leading you down the wrong road. And as you go down that road, I'm telling you right now, what is next is my big phrase. What are they going to do next? Well, you know, this started with Donald Trump, Sam, to be honest with you. Yes, it did. I mean, think about how many times he would say something like, you know, these people are from a, uh, I'm not going to use the actual word, but from a They're ugly. They're nation. this. They're that. Who knows? It attacked them you personally know? in some certain way, in a very demeaning way. But, you know, if that wasn't bad enough, then the people would stand up and defend him. They say, well, yeah, he's right. I mean, he, he has to say these things. Well, yeah, but what are we for? You know, we should be defined by what we are for, goodness, prosperity, hard work, independence, all these things. And that's something that was glaringly missing with the Donald Trump presidency. But that carried over now into the Joe Biden presidency. We're just as crude and as rude as we learned from Donald Trump during his four years in office. And I don't think that should define us as a nation. Like you said, we should try to elevate ourselves. And I don't think Heavenly Father would be pleased, you know, with these chants that we're, we're now uttering. Uh, there, there are other alternatives that we could be using, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, they call us terrorists if we don't support their climate change initiative or if we don't support their vaccination initiative or if we don't support critical race theory. They're using the terms of terrorist and enemy of the state and the domestic threats and these kind of things. Words mean things, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be very careful of what we're a part of advocating for. And if you were to stand at the judgment bar, for, judgment bar before Jesus Christ, would you like a video played where you're like F. Biden, the effed up administration? Kamala's a whore, this kind of stuff? Or would you rather be like, hey, honesty matters? Let's follow the Prince of Peace. I want to be associated with the latter. Let's follow the Prince of Peace. Let's stand for and testify of Jesus Christ, the author of our liberty. For Chris Carlson and Sam Bushman, thank you so much. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Top the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard hitting news the networks refuse to use, and it all continues now on this freedom loving, faith filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one, one mind, one issue at a time. Friday. Wow, there's so much to talk about. So little time, ladies and gentlemen. I got an email that just came in. And it says this. Red Wave Countdown. 
clock has begun. One year, both chambers, let's go. And it's from the National Victory Action Fund. And I don't know, man. I'm just not too comfortable with this, right? Clock has begun. One year, both chambers, they say. Um, ladies and gentlemen, then they say, let's go. See the phrasing? They don't say Brandon this time. They just say, let's go. But I look at this and I go, National Victory Action Fund, they're already trying to raise money, uh, supposedly for the Republicans to take control again, the red wave. That's what that means, right? I am not confident that <clears throat> that it will do any good, ladies and gentlemen, right? I know everybody wants you to believe that it's just like, man, all we got to do is get the Republicans in office and all is going to be well, all is going to be good. All is going to be made right. See, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all, folks. And so I know they want to take your money to let's go. Let's go, Brandon. Whatever. But I don't fall for it. I don't believe even though the, quote, red wave countdown has begun. One year, both chambers, let's go. And we're raising money. I don't believe that's the answer. I don't believe Republicans are the answer, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? I believe that, you know what? There might be a huge red wave, and they might take a lot of offices. But we've had the red wave multiple times in my life already. Newt Gingrich was the author of the 1996, quote, red wave. He had the contract with America. It was a big push. And then he got caught in scandal, cheating on his wives, and all kinds of whatever, and he kind of got ran out on rail in shame, and the Republicans promised a whole lot in the contract and didn't deliver on most of it. And, you know, I mean, the most famous of it all is they promised a jettison the education department, right? And now they're battling critical race theory in the education system till the cows come home, literally 96 to now. How long is that, ladies and gentlemen, 24 years ago? I mean, this is... Not too long after I got into radio, right? I mean, this is crazy town. Now it's 26 years ago, I guess. No, 24 years ago. That's right. Anyway, I bring this up because then we had a red wave again. We had Donald Trump in office. We had the Republican control of the presidency. We had Republican control of the House of Representatives. We had Republican control of the Senate. We had Republican control of the courts. We had everything. Republican control of most of the state legislative bodies. Republican governors were the majority in the land. We had it all. And what did they do again? Squandered it away. Yeah. They squandered it away, ladies and gentlemen. They promised they would jettison Obamacare, health care. They didn't do any such thing. They promised that they would stand up for pro-life, and President Trump did more than anybody else, but they didn't stand up for that at all. Uh, the, all the old promises of the old contracts they've had with America before about abolishing the education department, they didn't do any of those things. They didn't give Donald Trump the support he needed on the border. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't. And as a result, they took a slacking. And now we've got liberals in charge of everything, and the Republicans are saying, please elect us again. And my response is, shame on you for lying to me. But if we elect you again, shame on us. So I appreciate that the red wave countdown clock has begun. I appreciate that they want in one year, meaning 22 both chambers,
Let's go, National Victory Action Fund. And I know they want to raise a lot of money. If you just help them, if you just pay them, if you just give them money. See, I don't like it. Well, there's a new headline now. Remember I told you Newt Gingrich had the first contract with America that failed miserably. They promised all kind of things and didn't deliver. And uh, Newt got caught up in a personal scandal where he's cheating on his wives and all these things. Immorality killed the agenda for sure. But here it is again. Now Newt says the following. I, I kid you not, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich is in the news now with this headline. Newt Gingrich is predicting that there will be more than a wave for Republicans in the 22 elections just one year from now. It will actually be a tsunami for Republicans, says Newt Gingrich. Now, do you want a tsunami for Republicans, ladies and gentlemen? See, I don't. Because I don't think a Republican means much. A lot of the Republicans are just as swamp monster-esque as their Democratic counterparts, ladies and gentlemen. You look at the dick armies of the world. They talked a lot. You look at the people in modern times. Who's there now? You got two senators, one from Kentucky, Rand Paul, doing, in my opinion, a great job. And then you got who else? Right? You've got a lot of bad guys in the Kentucky Senate. I'm sorry, in the Senate, Kentucky being one of them. You've got a lot of Republican people who literally double down in defense of central uh, partisan-manipulated government. All right, George Bush, for example, divided the nation on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, likens terrorists to some Americans. So you literally got George Bush back in the day when Newt was around. I know it was Bill Clinton and all that kind of stuff, but that, okay. And you look at this thing and you go, what? Yeah. And they're dividing us left and right. Republicans are not the answer, ladies and gentlemen. As Kurt Crosby always warns you on your radio, what is a Republican? If it's a George Bush kind of Republican, I don't want any part. Right? Who are the Republican leaders of today? Right? Who are the Republican leaders of today? Are they the ones you want in charge? All right, you got Mitch McConnell. Right? And we fall for the lie that you got a senior senator and a junior senator. So Mitch has a lot more powerful, um, quote, status than Rand. When you go read your Supreme Law of the Land, do you see senior and junior senators? All right, who else do we have? Who are the leaders in the Republican Party right now, ladies and gentlemen? Huh? It's a really important question. And what do they stand for? All right, you want Mitch McConnell? All right, who matters? Who's the speaker? Right? Who are the leaders of the Republican National Committee? All right, you got Thomas O. Hicks, Jr., 
He previously served as chairman of America First. Action packed. All right. They want to support the Trump agenda, the Trump pent agenda or whatever. Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is doing pretty good. But again, I'm disappointed in him when he kind of uses that Brandon administration. Just adding fuel to that fire. But nevertheless, he's doing a pretty good job. But I look at the leaders of the Republican Party, and most of them, I don't like them any better than the Democrats. They're not really who we are or who I would stand for at all. And when you have Newt Gingrich saying, hey, we're coming back, I don't want the Newt Gingrich era back. Do you? It was an ultimate betrayal. Newt personally melted down morally. His whole agenda tanked and suffered as a result. Many, many, many promises were made and simply not kept. So I'm giving you two times. Back in the Clinton days or the George, start of the George Bush day, they had control of everything. I know it took a little bit, but it was the Republican wave, the red wave. Then you had the red wave in the Donald Trump era. They had control of everything again. They didn't do anything really valuable. They didn't really change the direction of the country either time. Now in 2022, what they want you to do is believe the third time is the charm. And I say the third time is the ultimate shame if you fall for it. What we need to do, ladies and gentlemen, is create honest elections. And I don't hear the Mitch McConnells of the world or the other Republican leaders really talking much about vote fraud and that they want to do anything seriously about it. Do you? I don't hear anybody of these Republican leadership that are even talking about abolishing the education department. They're just talking about let's have a battle about critical race theory in the government school school board meetings and then let the FBI call the conservatives terrorists. I don't hear Republicans standing up boldly, nobly against that. I don't hear the discussions about getting rid of Obamacare. I don't hear the pro-life discussions that are possibly happening in the courts right now. I don't hear the, the clarion call for civility and morality and integrity. I, you know what? When, it, when we talk about keeping one's oath of office, oath keepers and the Constitutional Sheriff's Organization, the CSPOA, Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association, those guys are advocating for one's oath of office. But when was the last time you heard a leadership Republican um, advocate for keeping one's oath of office? The red wave countdown clock has begun. Let's take control. For what purpose? To betray us again? I don't think so. I'll tell you what we need to do in seconds. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? 
in churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not confident the Republican red wave that's sweeping the country is the answer at all. In fact, I think you're being betrayed like the Newt Gingrich days. You're being betrayed like the Donald Trump days. A lot of promises made, very little kept. They didn't turn around the direction of the country at all, ladies and gentlemen. They talked big. But when it came push to shove, all they did was allow the divided nation to continue even more divided than it once was. Remember these vaccinations that are being forced on the employees right now by Joe Biden, on the private sector employees by force. That was all started by Donald Trump with a rush bringing the vaccines to market in the first place. If we didn't rush and have the vaccines to market, they certainly wouldn't be able to mandate them, would they? So I'm not trying to attack Donald Trump. I know you Trump lovers are just going to go ballistic if I even bring up anything negative about Donald Uh, But so be it. I call a spade a spade, and I tell the truth as it is. I'm a truth teller. I like a lot of what Donald's done. I don't like a lot of what Donald's done. I'm willing to call a spade as it really is on both sides every time. And I'm telling you, this Republican leadership, this red wave is not your answer. These are the guys that promised you they'd abolish the education department for literally decades. My whole life they've been promising it. These are the guys that led with Ronald Reagan, who had a lot of good things to say and tried to do his best. But you know what, Ronald Reagan, a lot of tyranny was gained under the Ronald Reagan administration as well. Same thing with the Trump administration. And I don't want to blame these individuals because I don't believe that individually we can blame a person. I'm not blaming Trump for it all. But I am telling you that we must go a different way. We must think about it differently. We can't just say red wave good, blue wave bad. So-called conservative good, liberal bad. That is not going to serve us well, ladies and gentlemen. It's too broad. What we need to look for is good, honest, wise servants of the republic. All right? And I'll give you an example to make the point. How many Republican leaders are complaining about this? Tucker Carlson put together an incredible documentary called Patriot Purge. Patriot Purge, January 6th, documentary by Tucker Carlson. Now, that documentary is being shut down by the mainstream press at every turn. They hate it. They don't want him to release it. They say it's wrong. They say he's a bigot. He's a hater. He's a terrorist. He's a domestic threat. He's involved in fake news. He's, 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 I don't see a lot of Republicans standing up and defending Tucker Carlson. 
and defending the reality that it was a Patriot purge, that it was a provocateur event. What do you know about the Patriot purge anyway, ladies and gentlemen? Do you know a lot about it? Well, I think it's a great topic. I think it's a great reality. I think we do have a Patriot purge happening in America right now. Right? Think about it. They're attacking us right now on every front. I ain't the new document documentary by a Tucker Carlson is a good thing. I think it highlights a lot of important information. I think Tucker is, at least in modern-day media, the best truth teller we've got. It shows the true story behind January the 6th. Liberal media descends on film, claim it promotes racism and right-wing conspiracy theories. That's not how I see it. I see it as the truth. But I think the media is out of control. They're dishonest about this. InfoWars has this headline. And good for Alex Jones and InfoWars for having this headline. I commend them. But I look at it and I say, this is what we're doing. This new documentary, Patriot Purge, shows the true story behind January the 6th. But the liberal media is just out of control on this thing. But how many, ladies and gentlemen, how many conservative Republicans are literally standing against the mainstream press about this? I don't hear a lot. In fact, I don't hear anybody in the mainstream Republicans talking about the Tucker Carlson new documentary called Patriot Purge at all. Okay? But this is what they always say. You're promoting right-wing conspiracy theories. You're promoting racism. You're this, you're that. That's their standard, worn-out, tired view. And even Mitch McConnell and a lot of the Republican leaders now have been doubling down in um, calling Donald Trump an insurrectionist, betraying uh, the people that were at the January 6th event. They're not documenting the Patriot Purge. They're not launching an investigation into what really happened, demanding the 14,000 hours of video from January 6th be released and vetted to find out were there government provocateurs like Tucker's doing. There is a patriot purge in the country. Every patriot, whether you're a mom at a school board meeting trying to stop your children from being taught about perverted sex to critical race theory, CRT, the ultimate, racism, being taught to your children. Socialism, communism, being flat out taught to your children. Schools literally betraying the parents and encouraging students to not let their parents know what's going on. All the way through, and the FBI calls them terrorists. All the way to the people that were at the Capitol, most were very peaceful. They're called terrorists. Two, if you don't believe in their climate change agenda or you're not standing with them on the vaccine forced vaccination agenda, terrorist, domestic threat, concern. The Patriot Purge is underway. But do you see uh, Newt Gingrich doubling down about this? I challenge these Republicans, if they're as true blue as they say they are, I should say as true red, (laughs) as they say they are, and the red waves are coming, let's vet these suckers one at a time. How many of these people will come on the radio with me and discuss these things? 
Rand Paul in a commercial that I curated from his words on the Senate floor talks about we can't even get them to save a penny. We're spending ourselves into oblivion. That's why inflation's here, folks. It's not all because of COVID. It's not all because of a supply chain disaster or snafu. It's because of inflation due to printing too much money. Understand economics, would you please? Those other things are true, but they're just downstream effects, not causes, like the printing too much money cause of inflation. The hidden tax on the people really is. All right. But Rand Paul points this out. He says, listen, who are to blame for spending us into oblivion? Who won't even save one penny? One percent, one penny out of a dollar? Who are the problem? He says, they're Republicans. They're Democrats. The whole body is reckless with your money, he says. Well, he's spot on. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't trust the red wave countdown. Don't be excited about Newt Gingrich's prediction that the red wave takes over in 22. You can say, well, it's better than Biden. Uh, Maybe so, maybe not. I find that Americans, conservatives wake up more when we have a very liberal administration than they do when we have a conservative one. When we have a conservative one, they seem to fall asleep. But Bush divided the nation just recently on the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attack. He literally acquitted terrorists with some Americans. All right, the Patriot Purge is something to really talk about. Where's Tucker Carlson in terms of his relationship with the mainstream Republicans or red leaders? They're not backing him. They're not backing Trump. They're not backing me in the media. We're left to fend for ourselves. Right? There you have it. Wow. All right, it gets worse. Here's what the red, if you're looking for a red wave, here's what the red's doing. They are creating a, quote, new digital driver's license across the country. Yes, they are. And Utah, sadly, my state, is in the forefront of it all. New digital driver's license said to include your vaccine status, your travel records, and possibly even your social credit score. Utah's planning to put it in place in 2022. There's a few states leading it. Many of them are red. You comfortable with all that? They're literally going to foist a new driver's license on you that has a lot of your medical information in it. They claim that it's an advocacy for privacy. That, hey, what it'll do digitally is it will let you control who gets what access to your personal data. But I submit to you that's a lie. If I hand you my driver's license, it only has the data that's on it. Period. And it should only have the data mandated by the government on it, nothing more. But if I hand a cop my cell phone for my, quote, driver's license, what does that cop have in his hand that he can use now? Everything I've got on my cell phone. You comfortable with that? I certainly am not. Well, red states are leading this, folks. Look out for the liars in red. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. 
USA Radio News with Lance Pride. New unemployment numbers from the Labor Department were just released. The number of Americans seeking first-time jobless benefits dropped again last week. Initial filings for unemployment benefits seen as a proxy for layoffs fell to 269,000. That's down 14,000 from the prior week's level. The Occupational Safety and Hazard Administration, or OSHA, is giving employers with more than 100 employees a January 4th deadline to comply with President Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate and threatening thousands of dollars in fines for defiant businesses. Considering an airborne virus outside of a hospital environment a work hazard is a first for the agency. Separate from OSHA, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services are issuing a rule to require health workers in facilities that participate in Medicare and Medicaid be fully vaccinated. The CMS rule also goes into effect January 4th. This is USA Radio News. With confusion around vaccinations, masks, and public screenings, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign, so make sure to use an accurate thermometer for your family. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and cannot be relied on. Be vigilant and be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at Exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. From city streets to back roads. From road warrior to carpooler. There are some things you can always count on. Like the reliability, durability, and power of Die Hard. America's most trusted auto battery. No matter where your journey takes you, count on Die Hard to get you started on the road ahead. Available at your local Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest stores. Although a recount has been requested... It looks as if the governor's mansion in New Jersey will not have a new occupant. Thank you, New Jersey! No, that's not Bruce Springsteen, but it is the newly re-elected New Jersey governor, Democrat Phil Murphy, celebrating last night after Tuesday's election results finally came into focus. It appears he has won with a lead of under 20,000 votes over the Republican challenger, Jack Chitterelli, a New Jersey assembly member. Governor Murphy celebrating... The first Democratic governor re-elected in the great state of New Jersey since my dear friend, the late Governor Brendan Byrne, did this in 1977. In the New England Bureau of USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. The company Smartmatic filed separate defamation lawsuits against Newsmax and One America News Network Wednesday, accusing the networks of knowingly peddling disinformation about its voting technology during the 2020 presidential election. They say a disinformation campaign harms Smartmatic's business model. USA Radio News. The Republicans, ladies and gentlemen, the red wave seems to be all talk. Let me give you proof in the pudding, shall I, ladies and gentlemen? Headline I just got in the email says, from Biden's family business. Via the GOP subject, is Joe Biden's family corrupt? Well, the answer is absolutely. Then they go on and they say, unbelievable, friend. I'm their friend. But here's the interesting thing. They call me friend. I'm a nationally syndicated talk show host, well-known, been around for 25-plus years in the media, telling the tale of liberty, setting a standard of truth. But I can't get a hold of a single one of these people that are calling me friend as they email me. But then they go on, and here's what they say. For the Bidens, corruption seems to be the family business. 
Hunter Biden was reportedly paid a stunning $83,000 a month to advise a Ukrainian natural gas company, even though he doesn't have any experience. Yeah, he doesn't have any experience in the national gas, or I'm sorry, in the natural gas industry. Hunter Biden is also cashing in on his artwork, selling pieces for up to $500,000. Hunter Biden is under investigation by federal prosecutors for money laundering related to a sketchy foreign business ties. Many media organizations interfered in the 2020 election by censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story, falsely claiming the story was Russian disinformation. Hunter Biden and Joe Biden shared a bank account, even paying many of each other's bills, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? But here's what I find interesting. What are they doing about it? They say this is absolutely ridiculous. The American people will not tolerate the Biden's corruption. Listen, it's past time they were held accountable. We want to know what you think, friend. I'm a friend again. Do you think Joe Biden's clear corruption should be brought under scrutiny? Or should we allow our nation to be involved in a shroud of lies? Submit your response to the official Biden corruption poll. Sam, official Biden corruption poll. Do you think the Biden family is corrupt? Yes. No. Take the poll. We need your input, friend. I'm a friend. You're someone we can trust to tell us the truth. Even when our own president won't, our team will be looking at all responses soon. Make sure yours is part of it. Please submit your response. Thank you, GOP polling team. Wow. You comfortable with all this, ladies and gentlemen? I am not. Because if Hunter Biden literally is under investigation by federal prosecutors, ladies and gentlemen, for money laundering relating to this, and he literally has a joint bank account with Joe Biden, the president, I don't want a GOP polling team. I don't want to take some poll where we're going to be like, hey, let's put our you know fingers in the wind or and let's see you know what happens. If there's really that corruption there out alleging, then let's create accountability instead of taking polls. How many Republicans are really doubling down and demanding accountability? How come that doesn't permeate the top? billing in the news because they're too busy working on a digital driver's license ladies and gentlemen for you and me that will track our every move they're too busy denying the tucker carlson documentary they're too busy letting george bush divide the nation regarding 9-11 and call the american people terrorists just like the democrats are doing they're too busy with former house speaker newt gingrich saying we can raise a lot of money uh let's go for the red wave they're too busy telling you the red wave countdown has begun. Send them money so they can elect red people. 
I don't know if you know, but red is akin to communism. Isn't isn't red the color of communism? Don't the communists love red? I just find it fascinating. But you know what? While Biden's family business is corrupt as all get out, and they say there's allegations and that there's investigations that are bearing no fruit, and they finger the mainstream press as covering up, manipulating the election, ladies and gentlemen, if all these things are true, how come we're not hauling people to prison? In fact, not only are they not going to prison, Joe Biden right now is doubling down. Businesses must institute vaccine mandate by January the 4th. OSHA, believe it or not, releases vaccine mandate that will affect 84 million private sector workers. Governor DeSantis says that Biden's OSHA rule is going down. Well, I appreciate Ron, and I think he's right. But he's been the most bold, direct, consistent person with any influence that has spoken out about this. I commend Ron DeSantis for his speaking out here. But where are the other Republican leaders? They're so far behind him, you can't see them in the rearview mirror, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, OSHA releases this mandate. Fine. A lot of the governors say they're going to sue. But what if they sue and the courts side with Biden? Then what? They go, oh, golly, we lost. The court shut us down on getting rid of government health care to Obamacare. Now they shut us down on nine, I'm sorry, on the COVID forced vaccination. So, oh, too bad. I guess we have to comply. Shame on them. Where are the Republicans who will stand up and be counted and say, "Uh uh-uh, this is bogus. Where are the governors that say we're going to nullify now? We don't need to sue the Biden administration. We need to throw the Biden administration in prison for their criminal activity. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, we don't need to sue them and go robed justices who have allowed the killing of babies since 1973, the murder of the most innocent among us. Justices, will you please stop Joey? Joey's kind of getting abusive here. He's slapping me around and I don't like it. Uh, Supremes, will you please protect me from Joey? Okay, what kind of a deal is this, ladies and gentlemen? Do we have sovereign republics known as the states? Do they have dual sovereignty with the federal government? Do they have broad jurisdictional authority where the government has very narrow and defined jurisdictional authority? Does the general government trump the states in America? My response is only if you let them. I appreciate the willingness to sue the Biden administration, but I don't think it's near hard and direct enough. Because remember, the Republicans just emailed me saying that Biden is under investigation. That's Hunter. But he shares a bank account with the President of the United States relating to all this stuff. All right, for money laundering. What is the money laundered to? His own bank account that he shares with Joe? They paid many of each other's bills, ladies and gentlemen. Think about this for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. Are we going to do anything here with this criminal activity or not? I predict the Republicans are really going to do nothing. They're not really interested in going after Joe. 
Let me give you proof in the pudding. You ready? Donald Trump on the campaign trail said, hey, we're going to get Clinton. We're going to throw her in jail. Lock her up was the big chant back in the days, right? And what did they do the second they took charge? Trump's like, hey, she's a nasty woman. But then he says, I'm not going after her. Why would we want to go after her? Trump thinks, right? Think about that for a minute. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump talked about how they will destroy you. Then they committed vote fraud. But Donald was the one basically that's like, we don't want to go after Hillary. Why? Why would Donald Trump not want to go after Hillary? Because they're friends. That's why. They're dear friends, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump said, hey, we're going to get rid of these gun-free zones in schools. Did he do it? No. Then he came back today. We're going to take away the guns, ask questions later. And that's supposedly the most, you know, conservative leader Republican that's busting up the deep swamp of anybody, right? I say wrong. Quick pause. Liberty Roundtable Live continues in seconds. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. 
Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. So, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden share a bank account. Hunter's under investigation by by federal prosecutors for money laundering, ladies and gentlemen. But Hunter and Joe share a bank account. Why isn't Joe under scrutiny? And why do the Hunter investigation by federal prosecutors, why was it buried during the election? Why have they been at it for literally years, but Hunter's not in trouble? Now OSHA releases the mandate. Ron DeSantis says it's going down. I pray Ron's right. But he certainly stands alone. The Republicans, the red that's supposed to be behind Ron DeSantis, seems to be so far behind you can't even see him in the rearview mirror. Now, believe it or not, now Joe Biden and others are saying the OSHA, COVID-19 vaccine rule, may be expanded to small businesses. In other words, those with less than 100 employees. Well, how small will it go to 50 employees? That's the number of the cur- of the uh, Obamacare, uh, over 50 employees than this. So that's where they'll probably go next. But what if they go to any business? There you have it. Now, I want to know where the Republicans are on this. Rapper Cuddy Camro wants people to know that his lyrics don't represent a threat to Joe Biden. Okay? Now, if I had lyrics like this, they'd be put, the FBI would be at my house putting me in jail. They say there are lyrics that some might feel as a threat against the uh, 46th president of the United States. The lyrics are as follows. Listen. Listen carefully. F Joe Biden. F him. Worst president. Got my mama out here cussing if he touched another kid. Then this chopper get to busting. And then F Joe Biden. F him. Turn up. Monday, the Secret Service told me that, hey, the Secret Service doesn't comment on any of this. So what do you think? He's saying the same thing the conservatives are saying, which is F Joe Biden. What do you think of this? But he wants you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that no way are his words a threat to anyone. It was just mainly a line from a banger, he says. This chopper get to busted doesn't have a target. It isn't a threat towards anyone. It's just a bar from a banger. Is that what we would allow to happen on our watch, folks? But isn't it interesting that the rappers, the extreme pornographic, foul-mouthed rappers, 
are using the same phrase for Donald as the, quote, conservatives that want to take our country back and pretend they have the moral high ground. Yeah, lyrics don't represent a threat to anybody there now. You guys comfortable with this? I am not. Anyway, I thought I'd bring that to your attention because it's very telling, if you ask my opinion. All right, headline, Facebook announced on Tuesday that it was shutting down its face recognition system and deleting the scans of one billion people's faces. I don't know how even to respond to this, except I don't trust Facebook to you. (laughs) Jerome Pacenti, vice president of artificial intelligence at Facebook, announced the changes in a blog post on Tuesday citing the technology's possible negative effects, as well as regulatory uncertainty as reasons behind the decision. There are many concerns about the place of facial recognition technology in society. Uh huh. And regulators are still in the process of providing a new set of rules, a clear set of rules regarding its use. Amid this ongoing uncertainty, we believe that limiting the or eliminating the use of Facial recognition to a, quote, narrow set of use cases is appropriate. So the company will shutter its face recognition program, which automatically identifies users' faces and images posted to social media. The program has been in place by Facebook since 2010 and was implemented as an easy way for users to tag their friends and shared images. Anyway, they're working on this face recognition for checkout payment machines at at restaurants and stores. In Australia, ladies and gentlemen, the technology has already been used to to keep track of COVID-19 and whether people are uh, in quarantine, et cetera. I don't trust Facebook that they're doing anything. I don't believe that this is a good news piece at all, meaning that I don't believe that uh, this is a genuine attempt by Facebook. There's something up their sleeves. Either they're going to come out with technology a whole lot worse, or they've somehow put the technology on hold so they don't get sued. I don't know the origins, but I know this. The bureaucrats, your Republicans, have been holding congressional meeting after congressional meeting where uh, big tech has been testifying over and over, even allowing whistleblowers to testify. But in the end of the day, what has Congress done? What has your red folks done to truly stop this face recognition? Huh? There you have it. I thought I'd bring that to your attention. I also want to tell you a story about the New York Times. They're now reporting subscriptions are nearing 8.4 million. That's a huge number, ladies and gentlemen. Stories by Mark Tracy. And they say after moving to behind a paywall, 
wire cutter added to the revenue stream. The New York Times company said on Wednesday that they added 455,000 new digital descriptions in the latest quarter. They want 10 million by 2025. They say this is our best news quarter of all. The Times also hit a milestone passing over a million subscriptions outside of the United States. The Times company's balance sheets are uh, flush with cash as well. There you have it. So, you know what, ladies and gentlemen? The people are backing the New York Times. Remember how Donald Trump said the New York Times was going to go away? They're too, just too riddled with fraud and dishonesty and uh, is going to go away. Well, not only is the New York Times not going away, they're stronger than ever. I'm just highlighting the truth, ladies and gentlemen. I have good news, though, to end the hour. Los Angeles County Sheriff. His name is Alex Villanueva. He doubled down Tuesday on his refusal to enforce vaccine mandates, ladies and gentlemen, warning the mandate poses a public safety threat if officers leave the department over the vaccine mandate. Amen to Venezuela here. Wow. He criticized the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors for the vaccine mandates, claiming they didn't have uh, analyzing the policy like the mandate at all. It will be disaster, he says. People are not happy with the vaccine mandate, he said. The fact that we're seeing the uptick, well, that's the mandate. They say the number one killer of law enforcement officers this last year has been you got it, coronavirus, they say. But Venuela just says it isn't worth it for all my people to resign or leave my department. I'm not going to mandate this. And believe it or not, I commend this sheriff, Alex uh, Velenueva, I think is how you say his name. Anyway, he's right. This is disaster. Right? This is disaster, folks. Plain and simple. Disaster. All right, there you have it. I just thought I'd bring that to your attention, too. There's a lot of trouble in America, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot of good news, too. Let's not think it's all bad. But we need to really make sure we're on the right side of these discussions these debates. We need to make sure that we're backing Los Angeles sheriffs when they're right. We need to realize when the Times starts gaining viewers and listeners and readers by the millions, their balance sheet's doing incredible. This after the red leader, Donald Trump, said, hey, New York Times is going down. Now Joe Biden uh, and Hunter Biden are on a tear. They're literally doubling down, forcing everyone to get vaccinated against their collective will. And then you got rapper, Cuddy Camera, literally saying, hey, my lyrics aren't a threat to anybody. 
He's running around saying, F Joe Biden, just like the conservatives are doing. Do you feel like you're in good company now, ladies and gentlemen? I certainly don't. I think it's disaster. I think it's disaster on steroids, to be perfectly honest with you. I think it's a sad tale to tell. But ladies and gentlemen, I have hope in Christ. I have hope as I follow the Prince of Peace. That you know what? I need to do what I need to do to keep God's commandments and do my best to honor him and be a disciple of Christ and follow the Prince of Peace and lead with a message of peace. And that's what I want to do. And I can just do my best and leave the rest up to the Almighty. I can't solve the world's problems. I can provide proper leadership to the best of my ability. I can provide guidance of what to do and what not to do and why. I can defend my views with solid evidence, with solid, thought, well-thought-out discussion points. I can do those things. I can publicly speak and tell the tale of liberty everywhere I go and hopefully encourage folks about what matters most, right? I can do all those things. But I can't solve everything. But I can take comfort in that I'm doing my part and doing what's right. Right? That's my job. All right. Thanks for being alongside for the ride, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman. We're live six days a week on Liberty Roundtable Live. Did you know that? Spread the word and tell your neighbor, please. Donate liberally if you have the heart to help as well. would be grateful. Every penny will be used to promote God, family, and country and protect life, liberty, and property. LibertyRoundTable.com for the radio talk show's website. But if you want incredible talk radio around the clock, the answer is LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, donate today. LovingLiberty.net. You can download the iPhone and the Android phone apps. Listen to your heart's content live and on demand. Follow the Twitter feed, provide feedback, donate, and a whole lot more. LovingLiberty.net. I am Sam Bushman, and I declare we the people can restore America. This nation shall endure. God save the republic.